I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Run like a wild I watched the struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. The correct Auburn Arena Times, 8.40 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Your digital audio device is tuned into the Orange and True podcast. Greetings and salutations, we're the truthers. It is I, Son of Crow, Drew Croson, at Son of Crow 2 on Twitter. That's where you'll find me. To one side of me, the rumor monger, Ryan S. Starrett. The S does not stand for Super League. Sure doesn't. To the other side of me, joining you through the magic of the internet, via Skype, giving you that full Fort Payne ASMR that you pay extra for. It's the AU Chief. All right, mate. Chief, can you read me? can hello perfect sounding good guys let's hop right into it don't want to i don't want to beat around the bush we've got to talk a little bit of soccer right off the top because there is a soccer or soccer news dominating headlines of world sport auburn was left out of the ncaa tournament in preposterous fashion a team that had won it's last five, a team that had been unspeakably dominant on the defensive end, whose goalkeeper, who should be a high school senior, was just racking up shutouts. Left out of the NCAA tournament by a selection committee that instead brought an Ole Miss team in that had basically the same record and lost the head-to-head. Auburn punished for playing a difficult record. Auburn punished for having a, a fall season in which they didn't, win a lot of games that they they probably should have won in the fall, but they turned around and won all those games in the spring when it mattered and they got left out. It it is, it's really stupid. It really is. Moral of the story is don't, don't skip. Yeah. They'd have been better off. They'd have been better off playing nothing but cupcakes in the spring, winning every single one of their games. They almost did anyway. Did they say whether they took that fall schedule into into consideration they had to have because their overall record is like 15 and 3 which includes the fall oh that's <sighs> i know because they got players on the team right now that weren't even on the team in the fall that early enrolled that's crazy i believe that could be i could be I just it is it's really upsetting because it, it seemed like auburn pretty felt pretty confident they were going to get in they were kind of hyping it up a little bit on on the old twitter there and and they peaked in the right – you want a team that peaks late, and Auburn right. peaked late. I just can't believe they left them out. And it, it, Especially it's – really, it really did not benefit Auburn that the SEC tournament was in the, was in the fall. Right. Because they would have made noise in the conference tournament had it been in the spring because they were playing on all cylinders. But Even did then, Ol- Auburn won an SEC, uh, SEC tournament game, and Ole Miss was one and done. That's right. 
I just I wish they give some sort of explanation on how why Ole Miss got in. Was it like, did they was Ole Miss somehow ranked higher in top drawer? Is that like that's all I can think of? If they just said, well, whoever has the highest top drawer soccer ranking, did they accidentally they say. say Ole Miss and they meant Auburn? Like <laughs> when they were making the was, picks, like was Ole Miss going to join the Super League? Or? <laughs> yeah, right. Speaking of Super League, Ryan, thanks for bringing right, it up. I'm getting a timer. You guys have five minutes. Two oh, things. Come on. The first thing is, if you don't know what this is, you should look it up because a basically a global fan base stopped a group of global capitalists bent on ruining a good thing. And mostly, for the first time, maybe ever. Mostly Americans. Yeah, m- mostly Americans that were going to ruin this thing. <laughs> and that was that's. A, I think America needs to say, hey, you know what? We don't have to make everything America. Right, and that's what well, these guys were trying to do. And, and one of them Manifest involved. Is, yeah, one, one one person involved is one of the worst sports owners in the world. To Stan Kroenke, please don't sue us. But no, it's true. I thought you were going to say Jerry Jones. No, Jerry's not no. involved in this. Jerry, Jerry's not a bad sports no. owner. Come on, oh, just needle and curl. The thing about <laughs> this, the Super League, what people don't, I don't think it's being said enough, is that because most Americans who watch soccer follow the English Premier League. Yes. So that's the thing that. They glommed onto a six EPL teams breaking away to form this stupid thing. That's not who started this. It was it's been driven by the Italian, the two Italian league teams and the two Spanish league teams because right. those leagues are failing, yes. like as leagues. Well, and, and they've been trying to do this for ten or more years now. I think Madrid really. and Barcelona have been trying to do this forever. Which is insane to me because La Liga as a, as a league has like the best rules in place for money yeah. for the top top tier, or the top teams in the league because they get all the money. Like yeah. all the TV money, everything, they get it. And, and it, it's insane to me that one, they're broke. And two, that they, they want to break away and do this other thing. They're broke and for have the to reason share the money with these other people. They're broke for the reason that all people go broke. The the Spanish the two big Spanish teams are spending more money than anybody else, and they aren't bringing that money in. Yeah. <laughs> so it, well, they, they, and, they want to spend like Man City, but they don't have the TV deal that the Premier League has. So if you saw the teams that were involved, there there were there were few head scratchers in there especially from the premier league totally um and, and but what you have to look at is every single team involved in this makes more money from their merchandising and their brand than they do anything else yeah it was that, which, that's all this was about it was top it was, 12 teams in twitter follows too i believe right so it it um it was all about taking these brands and doing something else with it except for um, two Chief, there are two teams that have more Twitter followers than teams that were in this thing that didn't get in, and it's because the Bundesliga yes. doesn't play like this. I mean, don't play that. Well, and, and uh, Bayern, Bayern and Dortmund both still care about the community that they're in. They're, they're, they're the rules in the in the German league is they're fifty one percent owned by right. the fan by the supporters, so they couldn't have just done this. They couldn't do it anyway. Cloak and dagger. I know, um, which is part of me is like when Bayern and Dortmund both were like, 
we're not going to do something like this. We would never yeah. do that. I also was like, well, you also couldn't do it. You like, couldn't. Yeah. There's no way 51% of your fan base would have voted for it. So you couldn't have done it. And I, I attempted to explain this whole thing to someone uh, today that asked me about it. And then I, I just failed miserably. I, I got a close kind of, he's, he's a listener to the pod. Um, there's not really an American comparison because we already have these closed leagues. Like right. you can't, there are expansion teams, but they're not just a team that existed that gets added to it in most cases. Um, and I, honestly, I'm a little like a little bit confused why it was why fans of teams were so mad about it. They were mad um, about it because it 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 uh, especially if you're like if you're like me, for instance, and you don't really. I mean, I have a team. Dortmund, who's not wasn't even involved, right? But my other team that I like is City, but I'm not like the most diehard. I've never been to Manchester in my life, sure. But I enjoy watching the Premier League because of the openness of it. Because a Leicester City can win the Premier League, yeah, right. The right. idea that this would eliminate that possibility, right, forever, and a team like Arsenal could lose and never be punished for losing. They're just yes. be in the top competition forever, well, and ever, and ever. That's what was going to happen is Spurs and Arsenal were going to finish at the bottom of that league every year. Every single year. So, <laughs> but, uh, Ryan, a college football comparison that I think makes sense. Imagine if tomorrow it was announced by the college football playoff committee they would only allow teams who had made the playoff in the playoff from now on. And then it was over. And then they uh, – Oh, my timer's up. Well, anyway. Uh, my the, the thing I came up with is if – the Premier League, for instance, the teams that left, is if every team in the footprint of the SEC and the Big Ten all played football in the state of Alabama, and then the top few teams just decided they were going to go play most of their games yeah. in California, New York, Canada, and Panama. Right. That, that's that's the only way I could really describe it to somebody. It, 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 it It's weird. Um, the fan There's huge fan backlash. Fans literally just said, I'm out. Like the uh, Everton Reddit was awash with refugees from all these other teams that were like, I'm done with my team. I can't believe they did this. I'm, I'm, I want to be an Everton fan. Now. You, had got, you had people who were like, I've been a season ticket holder at Manchester United for 50 years, burning their tickets and saying, I will never go to another game. Well, uh, Phil Neville, uh, a former uh, Everton player and mostly former Manchester United player, uh, just went on a he's a scathing uh, tirade about it a- after uh, the Manchester United match, and you can go look that up on online. Uh, but he really like he he just he, he was disgusted by it, and and I think that really did something too. Is his former players were were disgusted by mm-hmm. it, and and, and I, these decisions were made uh, for every single Premier League team that. Went has some sort of American interest, I believe, um, uh, especially Manchester United. Well, City, they have, they're owned by, right, by Abu right. Dhabi. And uh, uh, Fenway Sports Group owns Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal's owned by Stan Kroenke. Uh, there's Americans involved with Spurs, I believe. Uh, and they were taking a very these uh, these teams want to want the closed model like America has. And that—that's what all this was. They about. They were talking about a salary cap. 
That's what I was reading, yeah. which is even and more I bonkers. Think, I think there may be some sort so of they way. So they pay their players. That's that's plus. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think there may be some sort of wage cap coming anyway. Uh, but uh, to kind of try, well, I lost my train of thought. It, it's uh, it was a mess. It's no longer happening. Uh, these clubs have had a big lot of egg on their face. It's a big embarrassment, and um, Everton are in third now. So, well, it's also yeah. It's also I would another way to tie it back to our pot. If all of a sudden Alan Green came out and said Auburn's joining the Pac-12 and will no longer play Alabama <laughs> or Georgia yeah. or any well, of our traditional think, rivals see, again, I was. I was trying to – I was going to make that comparison too, and I was like, you know what? I don't care if we don't play them anymore. I mean, if we never I, I play to... those guys ever again, there'd be a lot of fans who'd be really mad. Yeah. But the way I understand it is that Alan Green comes out and says it but doesn't tell Brian Harson about it ahead of time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't tell anybody yeah. about it. Yeah. that uh, Like everyone was – well, this was all cloak and dagger. I, I remember what I was going to say. Conspiracy theory hat on – they're trying to get some, some thing UEFA to – Bow to some, give them con- some concessions to these larger teams, uh, and I kind of think this was le- this leaked out, quote unquote, to try and put pressure on UEFA. Yeah, and it completely backfired, like totally backfired. It- it's the biggest UEFA ended up being ever. the moral high ground in this, and they're yeah. a despicable organization. Yeah. UEFA is the uh, controlling uh, body, uh, the governing body of European soccer. If you if you were to tell me that I would wake up on Monday this week and by the end of the week, FIFA would somehow be the hero, I would have been no way. There's oh. no chance. So that that would be the other thing to compare to America is if uh, the top teams did this and then the NFL said, "Well, these guys can't play in the NFL." Yeah, <laughs> like that they can never come to play, in, no, never play in the NFL uh, after this, because that they cut like FIFA and UEFA both had said that these people couldn't participate for their country's team. Yeah, um, which they have the right to do. FIFA and UEFA can say stuff like yeah. that, like you can't play in the World Cup. All right, that's enough yeah. international football talk. So let's jump right on in. To, oh, Everton wasn't involved, so I'm 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 feeling great about myself. Yeah, Everton wasn't involved. Neither was Dortmund. City was. I feel like not involved is another way to say not invited. Hey, well, hey, hey, you know, hey, you know. hey our our chairman, uh, uh, the owner of Everton, and uh, the CEO both came out with some pretty like, this is not what football is supposed to be about. Is this kind of like when UAB's coach was like, oh, you know, I, I got interest from all of them. I did my next job. No, no, yeah. I really do. Uh, I really do think Everton Everton is very much more it's it's not it's community based. Yeah. None of the teams say maybe Spurs ha, are really heavily community based. Right. Um they're all international market teams. Here's a let me tie it again back to the SEC because I keep bringing it back to Auburn. <laughs> Man, uh, Manchester City's head football coach head football manager Pep Guardiola, who I believe is the best coach in the history of the sport, came out and his remarks on the Super League may have been what ended up getting it taken down because he his press conference today, he was just like, no, it's not it's not even sports. <laughs> like it's not sport. Basically if well, you if you can lose games and remain in the top, the best league in the world, that isn't sports. 
And I remember thinking, looking at you, Vanderbilt, <laughs> looking right on at you, buddy, because you lose every single year, and somehow here we are. So, uh, nah, we can move on. I, I had something else. You have more important things to talk about, like a day. Yeah, let's from another no, from a from a no. football league that that will never play a game to a football game that didn't matter. Let's talk about a day. A day. Uh, I didn't watch. I watched the highlights of A-Day on the Auburn Twitter feed. Um, the best part about A-Day was probably the Bo Nix meme, which was pitch Dark perfect. Dark Horse candidate. Pitch perfect, was, guys. Who, who started that, do you know? I don't know. Someone someone uh, sincerely tweeted it to Nathan King. I, I think Ferg uh, credited Nathan King with, well, with that. Nathan King was the one who got the tweet. <laughs> He tweeted something, a normal thing, and then someone, an Auburn fan, tweeted him. There we go. Unironically, this is the year, you know. And then other Auburn fans, instead of just like dunking on that guy, just repeated it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it, it's like the uh, John Mulaney bit where he plays "What's New, Pussycat." on the jukebox 25 times in a row <laughs> where the third time everyone's mad by the eighth time it's hilarious. And then it goes <laughs> back to being, everyone's upset about it. And then it goes back to being hilarious. This happened. This had multiple lifetimes, like a cicada. It just kept coming back being funny and it would go away and it would come back being hilarious again. It's going to simultaneously be hilarious and annoying depending on how Bo plays at any given point. Oh, I, I hope it never dies. I hope after every tweet this football season, oh, one person writes it. I have to admit, the only version of this I saw was yours, Crow. I was, I guess, way too busy. <laughs> you blocked on, all uh, these people. <laughs> well, no, I, I think I was just, I was way too busy on uh, yeah. on Saturday. And I just, like, I, I watched some of A-Day. Um, I had both my kids... Uh, which is super fun uh, when you sure. have a, a five-year-old and an almost, well, yeah, almost two, I guess, one and a half. Uh, and so I guess I was just too busy, And but I did scroll. I just happened to see yours, and I was like, what is this? It, it, it reads like something later. It reads like something Skip Bayless would say. Yeah. Like, it really does. This is the year. So Bo Nix is improved. the old... This the old trend of tweet tweet something that you would know that everybody would learn about you being held hostage. Right. That that's gross tweet. <laughs> by this the time I that. like tried to like figure out what it or would have tried to figure out what it was, it was like hours later. Right. So it was too late. <laughs> so I just let me see if I can't do my best skip bayless. This is the year. Bo Nix has improved so much under this new offense. He's focused. He is having fun. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a dark horse for the Heisman. Are we sure a bot didn't do this original tweet? Like it does a, like sound a, like a bot. Like, like it sounds like, like, like a, a, horse ebooks kind of thing. Have you horse ebook? That's a good pull. Have you uh, <laughs> seen the bots that were coming out in support of the Super League that all said like the Super League is going to change football forever? <laughs> I can't <laughs> no, wait no, for no, it. No going back to the Super League. But they all read – they sounded just like the Bo Nick tweet. And I was like, did Auburn fans do this? <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, Demetrius Davis probably won't be the backup. But wait, Ryan, 
maybe you made me read that. Actually, that was a Ron Burgundy move. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, don't think he'll be the backup on depth chart, but he was at least the second best quarterback on the field Saturday. You mean he will be the Grant backup Lloyd. because he'll be the starter? No. <laughs> Uh, he's a, he's a tiny little guy, huh? Eh, he, he's Thick Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> You're just used to I the like giant. I still getting credit for that. I, honestly, I didn't remember if I came up with that, and then I everybody started did. crediting that to me. So I'm just going to roll with that now. As far as I know, uh, you, you came up with that. I, I may have. I don't. I just don't remember. <laughs> um, no, I mean, he had some good plays. He made some guys miss in the open field, which is easy to do when they can't hit you. Um, he had what, like, what, like a forty-five yard pass. Uh, he had a deep ball. Wait, he had a time where he threw the ball down the field, and a guy who was running kept running, caught it. <laughs> we haven't. Wow. It has been a while on these planes since we have seen someone heave the sphere. All the way down the field, and someone catch it. That's you think it's it sounds simple, but it has been a while since we've thrown a deep ball. We've had some arm punts, that's for sure. We've had some throw the ball over the head of the fastest player in the world, but yes, he did have one of those. I, I will say though, Bo actually looked pretty good in this. You know, as good as you can look in 8A, I guess. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't outstanding. He was still completed 60% of his passes, which is kind of where he's been for his career. Um, but I think it is important to notice that he didn't have any of his top three receivers from last year or probably his top two receivers for next year. So there, there were quite a bit of drops or just non-catches on competitive passes. You know, if, if you're throwing that to set, I think it's a catch. Um so I, I I was impressed. I mean I I don't think it's going to be a magic turnaround where Bo is a dark horse candidate, but um, <laughs> I think he's making the progression that you want him to make at this point. You don't think it, this is the year? You don't think he's 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 you know, relaxed? You know he's having I'm fun. I'm not going to say it's not, but I'm not going to say that it is. He's having fun. The person <laughs> tweeted that sounds like they are at the in the locker room. Maybe they are. Maybe it was Bo. Maybe it was Bo himself. <laughs> oh man! Maybe in a Patrick Reed moment, it was like his mom in a weird bot, like a weird uh, burner account. So the offensive line did a great job run blocking, as evidenced by the massive holes Sean Shivers and Tank Bixby had. That Guys, touchdown run that Tank had—you literally could have driven a truck through it. Sean Shivers looks massive, really good. I mean, there there is a world where just getting these offensive line guys where they're not getting pushed around like adds, you know, several more points to each game uh, that we play. Because I mean, it could yeah. just just adding, just making them stronger and meaner could win us and, more uh, games. According to I believe Nick Brahms. Uh, and they have more football IQ now. Yeah, which is yeah. A not so subtle dig at the uh, previous regime. Well, is that better or worse than uh, they don't run route trees? No, it's it's in some ways better because at least he is 
you could counter and say, all you need to know in this sport really is what you need to do on a given play. Whereas the route three thing is, that's kind of basic football that all receivers should know all of the routes. But Nick Brahms doesn't, he doesn't need to know a lot about the game. It helps. But he does need him to know who to block at least. Right. Because that seemed to be an issue last year. Not just him, the entire offensive line. But. Right. All right, so let's uh, – we had a lot of guys missing. Do you want to get into that? I think there's a lot of people writing about. Quick. I mean, there was a handful wow. of guys. There there were some guys that were out for injury that we knew about, like Zevion Caper, Cedric Jackson. But then there were a handful of guys that were missing. And when Tarson was asked about it, it was just kind of, oh, they – they weren't here for various reasons. Uh, so that was T.D. Moultrie, Alec Jackson, Jaron Handy, Jay Hardy, and Marco Domio. I don't, I don't know if that means they're looking to transfer or if there was disciplinary or, I mean, if it was, if they were injured, I think we would have known that. It could be a so, lot of things. It could be some of them are disciplined, I, I some of them are transferred. Kind of lost that right. But. It could be two or three of them have COVID. It could be a million things, or two or three of them met a guy with COVID and are being held out because of contact tracing. Like it, yeah, be a yeah definitely things. possible. It was, it was just weird if you go back and look at the uh, the response from Harson in the interview. Uh, but again, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think we can read much into that because we don't. We don't know Harson enough to know what he would normally say there. Yeah. I, yeah. I. Plus, we don't even like in 2021. People just go miss games. That's all. Yeah. I, that's just the way yeah. that I. Who knows? That I think. Yeah. All right, so Ryan, you have a really good question here in the show notes. How do you feel about Auburn football going into the summer? Ryan, how do you feel about Auburn football going into the summer? Yeah, so I mean, I think just complacent is the right word. I mean, I, I don't have high expectations for the fall. You know, it's the first year. You, I, I'm excited to see what the Harson era looks like, but I'm not – uh, I don't know. There's, there's not hype expectations was. I'm not dying to, you know, be week one right now. Um, just because I, this seems like it's going to be in you know, seven, eight win year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not disappointed by anything this spring. You know, you never want to have uh, things like that. And so it seems like Auburn got yeah, fairly lucky on that front, you know, but Eight eight didn't really do anything, you know. It's not like we saw Cam Newton run around out there, so uh, I don't know. I'm just well. Complacent's the word. Cam Newton didn't exactly, you know, light it up on a day. So. No, but that. But, little, he, but he looked good, didn't he? One yeah. of the funniest stories ever was <laughs> I think I can't remember. It may have been for talking about how Pat Dye was in the press box. No, what for? Because he wasn't covering sports back then. Pat Dye was in the press box on A-Day, Cam Newton, and that somebody asked him, like, who do you think's going to be the starting quarterback? And he just started laughing at him. Maybe he got an expletive. Like, idiots. Like, <laughs> the monster. That's who the yeah. quarterback is. Um, I think, I feel, and this is, my expectations, life is about um, measuring expectations. That's what life is about. If you set your expectations incredibly high and they're not met, there's conflict. 
That's what conflict really is, is unmet expectations. Spoken or unspoken, conflict in your marriage, conflict in your life, conflict with your best friend. All of it is conflict with your football team. You didn't meet my expectations, and now we have conflict. My expectations are incredibly low or non-existent. It feels a lot like the first time I saw the Guardians of the Galaxy in the theaters. <laughs> I well, literally hopefully. I literally went into the theater with my brother and said, I don't even know what this movie is. I just know it's a movie, and we wanted to go out that night and see a movie. And so we saw Guardians of the Galaxy, and we're blown away. So that's yeah. The, hopefully, hopefully, we have uh, similar results because that's my. Yeah, I think be that's the best uh, Marvel movie. So I do too. So hopefully, we have a similar <laughs> result. I feel like a another movie analogy. I feel like a seven year old who gets to run a movie. It doesn't matter what movie it is. Movies are good. Auburn football is good. I'm gonna love it if I can keep my expectations. Movies are good. Pizza's good. Popcorn's good. <laughs> Auburn football is good. Then I can't be disappointed in that. Because even if it's bad, it's pizza. It's, let's be clear. I mean, I don't think we're sitting here saying, oh, Auburn's going to be bad this year. So no, if they're okay, I, that's fine. Like, I, I think it's just – and maybe it's uh, being worn out from the past year of everything. I don't know. Something I, four I, months away is hard to get excited for. I, I feel like I'm a little higher on Auburn football than everybody else. But I think it's for a similar reason to what you're describing, Crow. It's like I'm not going to be mad if we win eight games. Like whatever. But Imagine I, not being mad about an ugly win. That's what this season's yeah. going to happen. Well, I just I, – I, I'm excited about it. I'm excited for something new. <laughs> just excited to see what, uh, what we can do. I'm excited to see if Bo can be – who we want him to be. Um, I'm excited about Tank Bixby. I'm excited about our defense. Like there's a lot to be excited about on this team. And I, I don't, I don't think there's any reason to think, you know, we're going to be bad. Um, I, I don't think there's a reason to think we're going to win less than eight games. Like, right. I mean, I, I, I've, I think the expectations could safely be between eight and 10 games. Like, and it's not, that's not crazy. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I think for me, it's that there's just, there's so many questions about this team that we're not going to get answered in the summer or in spring practice or really until October in sure. the schedule. So I, I think it's, I think it's also a matter of being kind of in a weird place. Like, uh, um, we haven't had to go through this in almost 10 years because when we hired Gus, we knew what we were getting. Right. Um, uh, and so it, it's this is very much like when we hired Chiswick and because um, we didn't actually, I think I feel like we're, we're in a better place than we are when we hired Chiswick. So that's what gives me more hope. Then yeah, be clear, Harson way more qualified than Chiswick was. Yeah. Uh, oh well. <laughs> well I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say that. I mean, Chiswick was one of the hottest names in football. If we had hired him two years earlier, it would have been a grand slam hire. Um, so it, plenty I, of hype I, there. I just, I, I yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to say, I mean, Harson's definitely the most experienced head coach we've ever hired. So, I mean, there's that. So I guess in a way you're, you're right. Um, but I, I don't, I don't. I think we're in a better place. I don't think uh, the roster's as 
damaged. Although we had some hosses, our offensive line was in a way better place when Chizik took over the team. That that's the the yeah. big they had the foundation big, for the 2010 team. Um, I I think we're better set at quarterback. Even though Chris Todd was great uh, in 09, um, there was nothing about 08 that said we had anybody worth anything that was going to take a snap behind center. So, um, and, and at least Bo has played two years. We didn't really have that. We had Cody who had kind of played a year and Chris Todd who played half a year and was injured and whatever. So, um, yeah. I, yeah, I just think, I think we're in a better spot than we were then. And there's reasons to be hopeful. We could go out and lose every game. I don't know, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I think, and the, I think the I the best word to describe the way I'm feeling is hopeful, measured, and also like relieved that we basically we get to have a an we get to have a, a for an incoming season in which there are no hot seat games. Yeah, and it's just a it's a fresh start all around. It's a fresh start with that. Yeah, it's a reset on that. No hot seats. Nobody being mad at the coach immediately. Uh, wouldn't say nobody. I, There'll be some. Well, I think we have about a year before anybody. There's any real vocal like, well, we really messed up here. Unless you I think get, you're you're underestimating the. We paid 21 million for this. Well, mm. I think you're nut picking at that point, though. Sure. When you go go out looking for. for That's that. what Twitter's great at, though. That's yeah, true. Remember how um, many times we heard exactly the amount of Gus's buyout? Yeah. As if, as if. It was my money. <laughs> now, uh, okay, we're uh, super blowout by some team away uh, uh, from hearing uh, an actual vocal number of fans. Penn State scores their Penn State scores their sixth touchdown. Oh yeah, okay. We could start. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. If I'm going up to and uh, we get rocked in Happy Valley, I'm not gonna be too happy. Yeah, <laughs> but that's my fault for spending the money, not the team's yeah. fault. Um. But I, I think we probably got at least a year before people start grumbling about the coach. So yeah. you're, you're right. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit of hoops. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're, is the we're back at 33 minutes and 30 seconds into this podcast. Here. Folks, you may have noticed my microphone sounds a lot better now. It I don't know great. if it does. I was gonna, yeah, I, I've been thinking about it. The uh, the uh, I, I had it going through my camera for some reason. It defaulted to that somehow, and I didn't notice it. Uh, and I think of the last two pods I've recorded that way. So sorry about the audio quality, everybody. Congrats on having a camera with a microphone. Well, oh yeah, that's right. You have a webcam. I forgot. You're that's right. That's right. On the desktop now. That's right. Man. Oh, I was going to mention to you guys. Uh, uh, apparently last week our commercial break never went to commercial. 
Sweet. Oh. If, you, if you remember our commercial break was uh, the beeping noise from downstairs at Chief's house. Oh, yes. great. Uh, according to, according uh, to one of our listeners, all of that made the air. That's so Sweet. good. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> Jack, uh, what do we pay Jack for? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, has anyone else noticed that Ryan has either entered the movie The Matrix or – oh, well, now it's different. Never yeah, mind. I was going to say, Chief, you look crystal clear. Ryan looks like he's been kidnapped by the Taliban. He was, <laughs> so he was in the movie. He's either uh, entered the movie The Matrix or The Machinist, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is a very bleak – oh, there it is. It's back. Yeah, it's like it's a really weird filter that or your fight, computer part, screen. Parts of Fight Club. You're at the, yeah. Helena Bonham Carter's apartment scene. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When that weird blue filter yeah, yeah, is on yeah, all yeah. the yeah. – yeah, for sure. You ever seen Fight Club, Ryan? Yes, I've seen Fight Club. You know Club. in Royal Tenenbaums when Richie Tenenbaum says, I'm going to kill myself tomorrow and then the Elliot Smith song starts? That's what your screen looks like. What are you start shaving kids? your head. Things what are, what are, can, can one of y'all take uh, a picture? Elliot Smith, that song, that, that scene's the best scene. What are the – what are the uh, kids' names in that movie? It's Uze? Uzi. Uzi. Ari and Uzi. Like Ari Uzi? And Uzi. No, Ari and Uzi. I was about to say Uze and Kuze. Isn't that right. Saddam Hussein's kids? Anyway. Saddam Hussein's kids were – oh, man. I knew – something like that. No, they're, they're dead anyway. So um, Uze, I think, is one of them. There's a really good movie about one of his kids. I can't remember what it's called, by the way. Um, hey, Crow, you want to introduce our guest? All right. Well, I look up the name of Saddam <laughs> Definitely Hussein's not kids. Kuze and Kuze Hussein. Yeah, hey, that would be amazing. Up next, Will McLaughlin. Doctor Will, can you hear us? I can. I can hear you. Yep. Hey, man. How's it going? Pretty good. Can't complain. Another day, another basketball commitment. Yeah. Tell us about it. So we found out earlier today, this being Tuesday, uh, Desi Seals, uh, guard from uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas, formerly of the University of Arkansas, has decided to come play for Bruce Pearl in Auburn. Um, Probably a guy, another 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 addition in the transfer portal at the guard spot. Probably is going to be a guy that plays more of the the two. I don't think he'll play much point guard. Uh, I think this is definitely another piece that was needed to help the guard situation going into this year with, with Desi seals now on board. Now you've got, you know, Desi, you know, Desi, uh, I think Flanagan still starts at the two and then you've got Desi and then of course, Trey Alexander. But then at the point guards position, you've got two new additions as well with Wendell green from Eastern Kentucky and Zepp Jasper from Charleston. So now all of a sudden you've got five guys that, you know, you got to find minutes for all these, you know, enough minutes to make all these guys happy, which I don't envy BP having to try to divvy this out. But he's got a, a good problem to have on his hands. Remind remind the listeners again uh, what Desi's claim to fame is. So if you're thinking what I'm thinking, he's got uh, he's got that red. Oh. Um, well, well, I not that, but he has, he has he the, the red in his hair. Oh, yes, yes. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, he's the guy that always plays really good against Auburn, and seems seemingly only good against. He's all, the reason that they beat us twice. I, yes, I will. So last year, two games against Auburn this year. Yeah, so last year he had two games where he scored twenty plus points. They were both against Auburn. Yeah. So, 
Um, I saw his Ken Palm, uh, like his comp and Ken Palm was Devontae Schuler, yeah. which, you know, another Auburn killer. <laughs> yeah. Well, kind of nice to know we're going to have one of them on this team yeah. instead of facing yeah. him. <laughs> Hopefully he's not killing us still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, for sure. Uh, how, is he, how is he defensively? Is he, is he a good defender? I think he's a, he's a pretty solid defender. Yeah, um, I think. Well, for one, for one, it's another it's another Arkansas connection because it's yet another player from Arkansas. I think I think West Flanagan uh, being on the staff that probably helped, and a, a couple guys being from Arkansas. You know, Chris Moore, Alan Flanagan, obviously. So it's another Arkansas player on the roster. So, um, but I think he's he's a solid defender. I think um, he's. Probably the one thing that I would say that he would need to work on is his consistency. Obviously, we mentioned he had two 20-plus point games this year, but there were games where he didn't score. He only had like two or three points. And um, He's a very tenacious player. He'll bring a lot of uh, energy. Um, sometimes that, that works against him, though, okay. just because he was just so inconsistent from time to time. But, you know, it's it's you can't ever have enough pieces – at the guard spot, as we evidenced last year, when sure. we didn't have point guard pretty much for half right. the season for various reasons. So, you know, it's a good piece to have. Uh, and definitely, I think at this point, barring any any transfers or stuff or any scoots of reclassification, I think you're set at, you know, I think you're set at the guard spot going forward. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think too, one other thing I'll add, too, um, because I know Auburn was in on uh, a guy, Ty uh, Ty Washington. Uh, he was originally cr- uh, committed to Creighton. He decommitted and released his top six the other day, and Auburn wasn't in it, kind of surprisingly. So I think I think with Ty Ty being off the board, and still we're not really sure if Scoot's going to reclassify. Scoot Henderson we're talking about from the Atlanta area, uh, class 2022 point guard. We're still not sure what he's going to do. There's talk that he may reclassify, but – Based on what I've seen, honestly, guys, I don't think he's going to reclassify. And I know there's other schools that's reached out to him recently, recently like Kentucky. And a lot of the big-name schools are going to be in on him. So we'll see where his commitment goes. He's definitely a, a, a major Auburn lean, kind of like Sharif was for so many so many years. But, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But I just have a hard time seeing him reclassify at this yeah, point. But, well, I, I would kind of think if, if he wants to come here and we want him, I'm not sure that we want him to reclassify at this point. I, I think we'd probably want him to play as much basketball as he could, which would not be the case if he came to Auburn right now. Um, so I, 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 I would be surprised at this point if, if he's rec- if he does reclassify. Um, and, and like you said, he, he's, I, I feel pretty good about where Auburn stands with him. Um, because just for the same reason, like you said, the Sharif comparison, I, I, we got in with him early and, and, and a lot of these guys, if Bruce Pearl comes to you when you're 14 years old or whatever, but 13, 14 years old, they usually tend to stick with him <laughs> unless the, you know, Hagen's is a case where Bruce knew that, that he wasn't going to, he, he knew that the bigger guys would come in for him and, and, and you know, I feel pretty good about Scoot, and and I and I agree with that too. And and I think I think he's definitely we're still definitely in a great position for him. But I'm with you. I'm kind of the point where I'd, I'd much rather hopefully we get him for the class of 2022, because yeah. you know we brought in Zepp Jasper. He's got yeah. two years of eligibility. Wendell Green, the point guard from Eastern Kentucky, he's got all four years of his eligibility. That's and crazy. then Desi Sills is going to come in with two. He's going to have two years left. 
So, although to be clear, though, that extra year is because of COVID this past year. Zepp and Desi will both be seniors, so it's not impossible that they, you know, they get their degree and decide they want to go play overseas or right or yeah. or, or transfer because they would be transfer. a grad transfer at that point. Uh, I could actually so, see Wendell Green starting over Zepp. I really like his I, game. I think I Wendell Green is the starter. Yeah, I like I Wendell agree. Green's game a lot. Yeah. So we haven't really gotten into a deep dive on all these guys since they've committed. Uh, we, while we got you here, Will, let's uh, let's go into all the new transfers coming in. Um, I guess we'll, we'll we'll start with Wendell Green. I guess um, you know, come from Eastern Kentucky. Uh, I know he's uh, one of your favorites. You're a big OVC fan, so tell us about him. Yeah, I'm I'm real excited about this kid. Um, he was one of the top freshman in America as far as the uh, points and assists. Uh, definitely uh, a good distributor, also a good score. And the last five games of his season with for Eastern Kentucky, 23, 22, 23, 23, and 29 points. Um, this guy just – he was a walking bucket coming down the stretch. Um, one of those games was against Belmont, which Belmont uh, – they beat them by 14, and Belmont had only lost one game all year on that – when uh, Green went off for 22 that night. Um, but I'm really excited about having him. Uh, definitely an under-the-radar kid uh, coming out of high school. Uh, another 5'11 point guard, a uh, little undersized. Now, so he'll be listed as 6'1 on the first game. Well, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm afraid yeah. he's listed at 5'11, so that means he's <laughs> probably 5'9. We're, we're not the only team that uh, bumps guys up a couple inches. But but the but I like there's a lot of things about Wendell that I've seen and just kind of watched. It reminds me a little bit of a little bit of Jared and a little bit of Sharif Cooper. A little bit, probably not the probably not yet to the up to there. You know what we what we've seen from the Sharif and Jared, but definitely somebody that could grow into that. And you know he's only played one year of college, so he's still young and still got plenty of time to grow. But he seems he's like probably, uh, he's somebody has that uh, aggressive I want to be the one to score mentality that we kind of needed last year yes. and that without Sharif we didn't really have so he's a little having, bit more polished lineup, I think is going to be a big deal yeah he's a little bit more polished maybe than Javon his was when he first got to Auburn but I, I see him in a lot in that Javon mold Sorry, my, my kid is screaming hey Charles yeah American Airlines called me back by the way I had to run out of the room American Airlines called me back yeah. after Telling me they'd call me back within the next couple of hours. Four and a half hours later, they call me well, back. Well, that's, that's, that's a couple. That's a couple. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else on Wendell, or do we want to move on from there? So uh, I, I think he's going to be the starting point guard. I yeah, love it. I guess that could be a competition. Name. We'll see. His old man name is great, Wendell. Wendell Green I, Jr. just sounds like an old guy. Excellent. So he was a 30, uh, 36.5 3.0% shooter last year. I know everybody cares about yeah, how they shoot. Put, I put him like what second or third on the team for Auburn last yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, it's, one of the better uh, ones. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need good, him to shoot, shoot more than four and a half a game. <laughs> Just to, and it, that Eastern Kentucky team—they're the ones that were playing at high, super high tempo all games. That, that right, Will? Yeah, they, yeah, that, they. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but they definitely averaged a lot of points last year. Well, I think they they were second in Ken Palm and adjusted tempo. All right. uh, Which I'm I'm hoping that means uh, Bruce was all over him because he wants to get back to that tempo offense. Yeah, excellent. Uh, We stake in the half. It's hard to run when you don't trust your 
but hopefully that's uh, what this is signaling. Yeah. And and with Wendell Green with the commitment there, you know, I remember he was supposed to commit the 31st of March and like March 20th, if maybe and my dates may be off, but it was like 10 days prior to when he was going to announce he was ready to commit to Auburn. He wasn't he didn't want to wait or anything like that. He, he was um, he was ready to commit uh, pretty quickly. Actually, it was uh, April 9th. I don't know why I was thinking March the 20th, but um, definitely committed way before he said he was going to. So he was definitely excited about the potential of playing for, for BP at Auburn. Well, let's get to the other point. So let's talk about Zepp Jazz for coming out of College of Charleston. Uh, we talked about him a little bit already. He's uh, going to be a fourth, I guess, some experience. Um, a little bit he's – a, he's a different kind of point guard than Wendell is. Uh, but what do you got on him, Will? Yeah, uh, Zepp was the first guy to come out of the transfer portal to, to commit to Auburn. Uh, averaged about 15 and a half. He's another kid from Augusta, Georgia. So shout out to Dylan Carwell and Malik. Uh, also Augusta kids that are at Auburn. He was on the um, All-Colonial Athletic Association second team last year. Um, very, really good defender. Um, probably one of his better, uh, better, best attributes is his defense. Uh, he was an all-defensive team in the Colonial as well. Um, I think, you know, he, he's going to, him and uh, Wendell Green will probably hold down the point guard position this season. And... Um, he had a 38-point game last year as well. So um, he's capable of, of scoring a bunch of yeah. So I'll say the one thing, uh, and not the one thing, but something that stood out to me on uh, Ken Palm page was 87% free throw shooting. Yeah, I'm, That'll I'm be nice. loving that. <laughs> loving that. Yeah, we can definitely always uh, – any any improvements to three-throw uh, three shooting, rather, is, is welcome for sure. Shot about 35% from three last year. So he's an okay, he's a pretty good three-point shooter. Um, but, you know, I, I think he's, a, you know, definitely was one of those guys that was early to hop on, and um, I think it'll be a great addition. And, you know, he brings some experience to the team as well. And actually, he was on the Charleston team that played Auburn in the NCAA tournament back in 2017-2018. Oh, wow. That oh, we wow. Beat. So he was, Barely. he did play, he yeah. redshirted, but he was on that team. Hmm. Um, Interesting. But the other thing, the other thing I'll mention about Zepp is his his nickname is the Honey Badger, <laughs> and that's because of his defense. So that'll not be. Big, I'm not a big fan of people that reuse nicknames. Not a big fan of it. So I'm. We gotta uh, come so, up with a new one. Right. I said I'm going to struggle. I, so I just finished Rebels this past week, and I'm going to stru- uh, struggle not to call him uh, Zepparellios. So yeah. Yeah, there will probably be two people who might call him that, and you, and both of you, are on this podcast. Uh, I'm sure uh, uh, Auburn baby Yoda will as well. Is there an Auburn baby Yoda? Oh, God, yeah. that's Gosh. that's as bad as the <laughs> Civil War general accounts. Ugh. The Civil War guys, can we make this podcast's policy is no Civil War general accounts ever yeah <laughs> right it was funny the the like one time because what's his face looked like a civil war general without any other like that's Andrew why Luck. that was funny that's why that was funny it was funny right. because he looked like one because he looked like a bum right but, he had a neck beard. yeah 
none of the others are funny. None of them. I'm, I'm you sorry listen I'm to the listener. Yeah, if you listen to this and you're and you are Bo Nix, Civil War general, I apologize that we don't think your stuff is that good or that funny. I'm sure we're not that funny either. But no, I, I guarantee we're not that funny. I, yeah, does I mean, Gen Z find this stuff funny? I, I don't know. I don't think Ryan, so. I don't think Gen Z has a clue who Andrew Luck is. Yeah, well, they're <laughs> better for it. Yeah. I got I got nothing against Andrew Luck. Sorry, sorry, Josh Dub. I know you probably have a soft spot in your heart for for Andrew Luck, uh, whose name I couldn't remember earlier. But you know, speaking of Gen Z, I'm gonna I'm gonna Will. I'm gonna get to you. You're gonna I'm gonna start talking, and you're gonna be like, "What's he talking about?" And you're gonna know what I'm talking about. Speaking of Gen Z, the chairman of Barcelona decided to be a bigger idiot and Uh-oh. make a claim that we've got to shorten. Soccer matches or something because kids have short attention spans. Oh my gosh. No one agrees with this person. No, this sport lasts, their games are shorter than any other sport. <laughs> but let's talk about changing the rules, which brings me to something we didn't have on the docket for today. Some of the proposed rule changes in NCAA men's basketball. Wait a minute. We need to talk about Walker Kessler first. Oh, gosh. But I really want to – okay, we'll circle we, back. We'll go I was going to say, we, we did talk about the big, the big, the this, Walker this Kessler came out last week. Marquee name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know you guys talked about him a little bit last week on the pod with Painter. and You know, this is a guy that Auburn really wanted when he came out of high school. And I think, all, I think we all thought Auburn was in a good position to get him. And then he goes and visits UNC – on a, I think I think the football team was playing Clemson that weekend, if I recall. And uh, next thing you know, he's committed to UNC, and it was just like, well, what the heck just happened here? Well, I think we all. Know. I mean, yeah, you can put two and two together. Um, but he just he just wasn't a fit for the UNC system, quite frankly. And so uh, he's, you know, he likes to shoot. He like, you know, he's a seven seven footer that likes to shoot the three, and you oh, know, man. definitely. This crow is is rubbing his hands together like Birdman over here. <laughs> but um, uh, Laura Kessler, I called him Coweta County Kristaps because yes. that is the that's the comp. I, the more of his like videos that I watch, the more I'm like, yeah, this guy has a lot of Porzingis in his game. I just now, want to get him a better haircut. That's I don't think I he's anywhere close to the talent that Kristaps was coming out of Latvia, but. There's a there's there is a case to be made. They play a very similar facing the basket and hard blocking on defense uh, style of basketball. It's going to be interesting to see a guy like uh, how we get a guy like him out of the post. I mean, because it's he's seven one. It's like tempting to like why 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 pull that guy out of the post on offense. It's just going to be interesting to see where how we get him shots. If you got to, I I hope he takes this year and it's just like Dylan Cardwell's so he's a 100% free th- uh, three point shooter this year is it is he a corner three guy does he like to step out to the corner uh, he, shoots him for, he shoots him forever he didn't shoot a lot this year though no he only shot four he only was one for four from three this year well but, I'm sure Roy did, didn't want to have anything to do with that no so. they, they didn't want him to shoot I, and there are a lot of UNC fans making fun of him because they're saying he's a he, he wants to be a stretch five but he can't shoot Good riddance. How would they? He shot four shots. I know. Did he airball off about three <laughs> of the four? Like what? 
<laughs> but that was the rumors that he wanted to be a stretch five and the coaching staff didn't think he had that game. But let me run I, through a couple did. numbers. Let me run through a couple of numbers on him real quick. Uh, so I'm going to tell you uh, his his stat from last year and then where that was in Auburn. Okay. Uh, so in points per game, he – or sorry, this is in, uh, per 40 minutes. Yeah. So – because he didn't play enough to 40. really be right. So per game is kind of skewed. Twenty points per forty, which would have been second on the team behind Sharif. Fourteen point eight rebounds, first on the team. Three point nine blocks, first on the team. Two point four steals, first on the team. Uh, his advanced numbers: he had a thirty-one per, would have been first on the team. Fifty-eight uh, percent effective field goal uh, shooting, would have been fourth on the team. Nineteen point six rebound percentage, first. 10.7 block percentage, first. 3.3 steal percentage, first. Wow. Uh, and a 10.9 box plus minus would have been first. Okay. That 10.9 BPM is, is bonkers. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. If we had signed him out of high school, was he higher ranked than Sharif? He was, uh, depending on where you look, I think he was one spot above Sharif in the 24-7 composite. Okay. So that's which what means I was all, we would have had the three top players out of Georgia yeah. in the 2020 class. Well, and I was also about to say that would have made him our biggest signing ever prior to Jabari. Correct. Yep. Uh, so we're, Who's also from Georgia. we're losing our biggest signing ever, but then gaining a new one and getting a guy that was ranked better than him out of high school. And they're all from Georgia. Pretty nice consolidation uh, consolation prize there. And I'll say and it again. We are consolidating our power in Georgia, so it is a con- yeah, consolidation Yeah, none of them prize. went to Georgia. And Georgia lost their point guard to the transfer portal today. Uh, Georgia so only has two uh, scholarship players currently. Is that Ooh, what I have? Um, they, they have four returning players, and uh, as of two this morning, recruits. they only had two recruits. They had a commitment today. But you hate Yikes. to see it. It's it's funny because there's a small portion of that Georgia fan base that is calling for Tom Green's head, but. Hey, uh, they're doing a great job, according to one uh, major ESPN uh, personality uh, that loves college basketball. I think you guys can figure out who I'm talking about. Uh, that guy loves him some Tom Crean, that's for sure. So Dickie V loves Tom Crean, loves, mm-hmm. loves Coach K, does not like the transfer portal, doesn't oh. probably hates name and likeness, probably hates the uh, free one transfer rule at what point like can you make somebody retire like is there a way (laughs) yeah he just yells into the 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 microphone the whole time what if lee corso was unlikable (laughs) hey they just gave him a contract extension too so yep what is he the pope does he have to be there for the rest of his life (laughs) how old is he you think (laughs) 80, 80 80 Jeez. Being Dickie V is like a Supreme Court nomination, apparently. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, no term limits. All right. Can we talk about these the new rules in college? Well, we should. We should. You did just mention name, image, likeness. Uh, uh, K. Ivy, governor of Alabama. Well, meanwhile, signed it in. Second female governor of Alabama. Uh, How about it? Uh, signed name, image, a uh, name, image, and likeness uh, bill into into law in the state of Alabama. So, W-D-E. Uh, 
We're on the cutting edge, right? Because uh, who else has passed one of these? Like four Michigan? other states. I think Florida and, just did. Yeah, so well, we're one of the first five. So, hey, look at that. Name, image, and likeness, national champs, baby. Yeah. Um, we'll claim so that's, it. That's great. Um, but maybe we can talk about that in more detail on a different episode where we kind of talk about how that's going to could change the game a little bit. But uh, Will, six fouls. Yay. Three fouls per half. Boo. What are they uh, doing? Yeah, that's super weird. I'm – I'm all about the six fouls, but the way that they're trying to go about it is is one of the dumbest things. It's like to explain, you get they're, 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 these are proposed rule changes. One of them being they raise the foul limit from five to six, which matches the NBA, but they make it to where you have a maximum fouls per half, and they're keeping the college rule of technical fouls count as foul. A personal foul and a technical foul. So they get a take that's also a foul. I think I think that's fine if you just straight up have six fouls. I think it's fine to keep it that way. And I also I would see I could see their point of three in the first half. But let's say you have one in the first half and you get three in the second half. Yeah. That's a that's stupid. Now you found out with four fouls. That's less fouls. Really insane. Y'all know uh, the NCAA and common sense guy that are like oil and water. They don't. That's, yeah, I well I, also are you so are you out for the game if you get three fouls in the first half? You're out for the rest of the half. Uh, just the rest of the no, half. No, that's for the game, I think. No, you're out for the rest of the half. In the first uh, half. I think. It's trying to make Maybe something that should be common sense and make it difficult yes. and and cool or what's the word I'm looking for? Um, more hip or more progressive. Progressive is the word I'm looking for. Relevant? There's nothing progressive about that idea. So I, I, the only thing I could see is if you said, okay, well, you get five, like five fouls in the second half. You sure. get all six in the second half, whatever. That, that like basically giving you a foul to give in the first half, like, like you're, like you use it or lose it, like your timeouts or whatever. Uh, I, I guess you that like football timeouts. <laughs> I, I guess that would make sense, but just the, I don't understand why. Like, who came up with this? <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds like a committee came up with it. I think the a couple of other rules I like: they're eliminating offensive basket interference if the baskets if the balls touched the rim. I think it's really nice. Um, that's going to allow for a lot more spectacular dunks. It's going to allow for a lot more. Um, Guys being able to get up right now, the re- rebounding is skewed for the defense a little bit in college basketball because of this. This is good. you're going to start seeing a lot more offense rebounds. Offense rebounds already have kind of gone the way of the dinosaur, but now teams are going to be able to say, "Hey, we could actually get it off the rim," um, and that's pretty nice. The next thing they got to do is start in eliminating defensive basket interference if the balls hit the rim, like FIBA does. And you'll see the swipe outs, which is one of my favorite plays in basketball. The ball goes up and the guy just knocks it out. Right. But you have to do it perfectly. Otherwise, you end up dunking the ball into the opposing team's basket. But <laughs> Happened in the Hawks game uh, earlier this week, by the way. Perfect. Somebody, somebody uh, put back a missed free throw. Uh, no. On the wrong team's basket? Ouch. What are we doing, Whoa. Atlanta? So they went from one to two points off that one, too. So... Thanks. All right, what's some of these other rule changes, Will? 
I don't remember all of them off the top of my head. That's I what I want to talk to you about. I got to jog my memory too. Um, that I mean that the wider I, I lane. Honestly, the wider lane is the one that I've been I've been wanting for years. So are they actually going to so everybody'd have to redo their courts? Yes. Like, and I nice. think it ma- I think it matches the NBA length, which means offensive players got to get out of the basket, got to get out of the lane. It also means the driving lanes are bigger because of that because you're sure. you're dragging defenders further out. Had Sharif had that in college basketball last year, he would have had even more trips to the foul line because he got even more trips to the basket. Sharif came out, came one year too early. He should have reclassified the next year and gone. Yeah. I, back I think, years. I think that they, I mean, they need to, they need to do as much as they can to make the sport as close to the NBA as possible, which means they should go to quarters like every other freaking level of the game. Every, ugh. I would agree with you. I, I mean, I'm, I've been on record on this podcast a thousand times saying, they should just go to a FIBA model, I mean, hire FIBA referees, and because most of these kids are going to be playing those rules. Yeah, yeah. Next most year. Of, like most of the guys that play college basketball are, are either going to be working a real job or playing in Europe somewhere where they play FIBA rules. So like, why not like, use those rules? It doesn't make any sense. And like, plus, then we could theoretically send college kids to the, play in the Olympics without having to have a whole training camp on the rules. Like we yeah. Yeah. Day. Well, that, that's the other thing The the, even the best guys are going to encounter FIBA rules at some point. Cause they're going to either playing under 18s or on the U S national team. If there's, they're four, good there's 400 people in the NBA right now and there'll be 400 people in the NBA next year. And everybody else is not in the NBA yep. and they've got to figure something else out to do with their lives. Yeah. So a couple more rule rule changes I found. That they're looking at eliminate the ten second backcourt rule. Weird. I don't like. I don't care for that one. I like the ten second backcourt rule. Me too. Yeah. Um, why are they getting rid of that? I don't. It's I don't eight use, in the NBA. I don't, I, yeah. I don't. I don't understand. Does it just take away the incentive to press? Yeah, a little bit. Pretty yeah. Much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I'm like sure that. Bruce says that. Bruce is going to hate Here's, that. He, Bruce already thinks the rules are skewed to take away the incentive to press because the way that the fouls are called at half court, and this is, yeah. makes it even more so. So here's the one. Here's the one that that is intriguing to me. Permit a team to decline three throws in the last two minutes of the last period or of any overtime, and elect possession of the ball instead. Yeah. So I like hack a shack, hack or whoever. Yeah. In the last yeah. two minutes, I love That's it because it eliminates hack a shack. I think yeah, hack yeah, not basketball. If your worst, the worst guy, your worst free throw shooter gets fouled, you can say, no, we just want the ball. Yeah. Well, you know, like yeah. the last minute of a game when a team's down seven and they're trying to foul a sixty percent three throw shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck doing that if this goes through because well, they would just. It, well, the interesting it. thing is, I think it's one of my favorite things at the very end of the game is uh, it was when they press on an inbounds pass. I mean, that a lot of times in, in college that can go very poorly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so well, I think that has a chance to. It's going to change the favorite. end of games a lot because you don't. Yeah. You're not guaranteed to send guys to the free throw line because you may just be better off not like even if a good free throw shooter gets fouled and you're up seven points, it's like well no we'll just take the ball. And, yeah, because it runs clock. Yeah, we're just going to run some more clock off and you don't get the ball back. I think you're right, Gene. I didn't thought about that, but it absolutely changes the calculus of like if you're up three, everyone's like, well, you should foul. 
Well, maybe not. If you're up yeah, three, so, you shouldn't foul now if they can say, right. no, we want the ball under our basket. Yeah. If you get to choose where you get the ball too. Well, even if even if it's ha- like we'll take it at half court. Or the timeline, I, I think yeah. that's where you should get it. If you get fouled off after the inbound, you get the ball at half court. That's that's what it should be. Yeah, you wouldn't uh, want to I foul. Would at, you would not want to foul at all down three. You would yeah. rather take your chances of them missing a shot and getting the ball, and you get I, the ball back. I hope this one goes through because I, I think we could see some incredible blunders <laughs> for uh, in-game oh, management. A million percent. There's going to need to be a guy. Bruce, every coach you need to have a guy on staff, a GA, whose entire job it is to remind to remind the coach, uh, you don't have to let him shoot the three throws. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. so here, here's a question, and maybe it just wasn't in the – these potential rule changes. Uh, does this apply to and-one situations? I doubt so it. So that was – Another I, I part, can't imagine sure. it does. No, well, I thought that's that like a doesn't file. say anything about it. I thought that there was another rule that eliminated that. No, well. no, they eliminated one and one. Okay, which is yeah. oh, and one situation. Sorry, yeah. so, one and one doesn't exist except for in high school and college basketball in the United States. So that makes they're normalizing that. Yeah. So to your point, Chief, uh, the the elimination of the one and one would be you reset the team files at the ten minute mark of each half. And once you get your 15 foul, you go into the double bonus. It effectively it effectively is quarters. Yeah, I don't, know why, I don't know yeah. why. What well, they were already playing quarters anyway, like uh, because of the commercial timeouts. Right. So, uh, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Maybe that. Maybe this is just baby steps, and in a couple of years we'll get quarters. Um, uh, hey, one more, uh, one more, one more, one more. Defense possession. What about awarding the defense possession on a held ball situation? Yeah, that was yeah. the one I was going to mention. I yeah. like that one. I like that one jump a lot ball, too. The defense just gets the ball every time. I either go to a jump ball or or do this because I hate the whole possession error thing. I, I think wow. what's going to be interesting is it's going to force refs to consider: okay, was it a foul or did they create a held ball? Because a lot of times when they're when they're creating a whole held ball, you could call it a foul. Yeah. So that's that's going to be an interesting uh, judgment call on a lot of these. I bet that one doesn't get a. These haven't been approved yet, right? Yeah, none of no, these. Just go to a jump ball. Doesn't. Like it, the NBA's been doing a jump ball since the Peach Baskets. Like it, they, the NBA's never had possession arrows. They should just go to the jump ball. That's, what we, that's why there is a circle. Every every other level ha, has the the possession arrow. I guess is why. Yeah, I mean, there's the circle at half court. The circle at the free throw line on each right. side exists yeah, to I, do jump ball. I was balls. always super confused as a kid because I was like, oh, well, this is where you do jump ball. And I feel like at some point in rec league, we did it that way. And then we just didn't anymore after that. And I don't know what, what happened with that. I hate That's jump like, balls because usually the lower the level of play you're in, the more held balls there are. That's usually – that's been my experience my entire life. There are so few jump balls in the NBA – it's insane. Well, what happens when the ball gets stuck in the rim or whatever? What, what happens in that situation? I That's guess it's possession error. Is arrow. that still just possession error? Is that how it works in the NBA? Yeah, in the NBA, the possession error exists for the quarters, for that. I believe, for that. Okay. But it's like you you play great defense, you force a loose ball, you get tied up, and the possession error gives the ball back to the offense. So you're punishing the defense for, for, for uh, forcing, you know, you know, Playing great defense, you're punishing the defenses. That's why I like the potential of this rule. Yeah, but, but if I, anything I, else, 
But if anything else, I want to let's do the jump ball. Like the possession error, I hate. I'm with Crow, you know, for quarters or it halves, yeah, use it. But to determine who gets the ball, especially in those situations, I I, I hate it. Yeah, yes. I've always looked at that like you're still winning because, uh, especially if it's before halftime, because oh well now you get the ball at halftime whereas you weren't before. Like I I I don't I get it. I, I'm. I'm a little weirded out by it, but that's mm-hmm. because I, I never played anything above high school and <laughs> that's just what I'm used to. Uh, All right. We've been going for an hour and 15. Do we want to talk lineups or do we want to just ask Will the questions we have at the end of the show notes, Ryan? <laughs> we've talked lineups with like four straight guests. We could do lineups. Ryan has to rewrite. I think Ryan's frozen. Uh, oh. Can you all hear me? Yeah. Oh, now we know. All right. Yeah, no, I had 1,800 words ready to go at about 2, two o'clock this afternoon, thinking Sills was not coming to Auburn, and i uh, got to rewrite that now. So yeah. let's let's circle back on that. All right, push, so let's yeah. ask oh, Will. Oh, thanks, Jen Saki. Yeah. Let's ask Will the questions. Will, where do we stand, do you think, relative to the rest of the conference? Right oh, now. Gosh. Conference think... play begins today. Where does Auburn fit? <laughs> How does Auburn stand? Mm-hmm. Great question. Um, I think um, I think probably right now Auburn is a fourth or fifth place team. I think you could potentially move them up a little bit, but I think Alabama, Arkansas, um, Kentucky, maybe Tennessee is going to be hyped up again. Um, you know, I throw I I would say right now I feel really good about seven teams in the league making the tournament. Auburn being one. I would put Alabama, Auburn, Arkansas, Florida, Tennessee, uh, LSU, Kentucky, and um, oh, did you say know. Arkansas? Yeah, he did. Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, Florida, LSU, Kentucky, Tennessee, and um, yeah, that's seven. Missouri guys, I can't count tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, I yeah, I've heard other people seven. talk about it, but Auburn, in, in in the regular season, you should be content competing for a double bye every year. All right, so top four seed. Sure. Because yeah. uh, I mean, it's it's unrealistic to expect you're going to win the conference regular season every year. So if you're in the top four in SEC play, that puts you in really good position for a national seed and. Yeah. A really good position to go in the tournament, the SEC tournament. Yeah, that's a that's a healthy outlook. I'm still in the mode where I'm just happy to make the tournament. I think that's your your baseline goal yeah, is to make the tournament too. every year. Um, I I think the interesting thing about this is we just had a pretty fresh faced new look Auburn team this last year, and we're gonna go in and have a pretty fresh faced new look Auburn team with the same two guys that were not the new guys this year are also not the new guys next year. And everybody else is going to be uh, new in, in the starting lineup more than likely. You're referring to Alan Flanagan and Jan Williams. Yes, correct. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of goes into the next question I had for you. Will. Uh, you know, everybody we're kind of a pass for this past season. Uh, you know, some of that's COVID, some of it's just going in with, no expectations of a postseason. So it's the NCAA screwing with Sharif. I mean, you know, 
right. Oh. Ryan, he is frozen. Guys, Ryan froze up. I hope he's gonna just gonna tell us all about where we're gonna be without Sharif, but we'll never know. <laughs> I think that it's time to end as we've been on for an hour and fifteen. Will, thank you so much for joining us. It has been fantastic. Having you as always. Sorry, I had to bolt halfway through to deal with American Airlines and throw my phone at my wife. Um, yeah. We'll talk lineups next week. We'll talk uh, name, image, likeness. Next week, uh, we will probably name every member of the Auburn basketball team. That's yeah. happening almost every week. We sure. will probably talk some nonsense about football. There may be baseball talk. Maybe hey, not. we won tonight. We won tonight. We should play Sanford every week. And I agree. I don't know what else. Tomorrow we go full off season mode. Or next week we go full off season mode. So stay oh, tuned yeah. because we might throw at you a Captain Ron recap. So there we go. Uh, maybe we'll like rewatch season one of Walker Texas Ranger and see if it still holds up. <laughs> What's everybody doing for four twenty tonight? <laughs> Just celebrating closing my house, man. All right. <laughs> Some people call me the Space Cowboy. I'm changing a radiator this weekend, so everybody uh, wish me luck. Now we're talking. Anybody local that uh, is good <laughs> with cars, uh, hit me up, and uh, you can come help me change my radiator. On a Land Cruiser? Yeah, buddy. Okay. It's, uh, it's going to be uh, fun. I got new tires, need a new radiator. It's been an expensive week for me. Man, I bet it's been more expensive for me because I well, bought a house today. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. See you guys next week. Have a war eagle weekend, everybody. War eagle.